powered by Riverside FM. Powered by Riverside. Welcome, friends. Andrew, could you hear that this time? Nope. Oh, okay. Friends. I heard a very large man say powered by Riverside, and then it went away. Friends. um, Well, first off, we're all going to be surprised whether or not that audio makes it onto the final episode, because we also love to be surprised. Uh, Andrew can't seem to be, can't seem to hear these intros, but, you know, as all of you who watched the YouTube episode and listened to the podcast episode on audio only last week, you could hear it. So we're trying to figure this out. If any of you are honestly average to above average with being a podcast producer, we'd love to talk to you. Love to get your feedback. Love for you to join the team. I second that because I would like to hear the music. It's such a nice little pleasant uh, dance intro that we do every once in a while, but I can't dance if I can't hear it. And I'm not going to dance to nothing. You can always dance. I'm not going to dance to nothing. And if you can't dance, ain't no friend of mine. Or, friends, if you uh, if you want to make a song for us, also, more than welcome to. Um, we love all our friends who are musically gifted. We are not. That is not our specialty. But if you are, let us know. Hit us up. We can collaborate. You'll, you can make some music for us, and we will gladly accept it as an intro and outro to this to this wonderful pod. Who are we friends with that is that are musically gifted? I have some friends out out here in Richmond who are musically gifted. I don't think any of them listen to the pod, but you know, there's always a shot. Never know. Like, there's a first time for everything. There is, and I just need them to listen one time to this intro and get to this part, and then be like, "Oh my gosh, we would love to help you." You need that. So it's literally it's two and a half minutes of their day. It's all they need to do. <laughs> True. All right, friends. This week, this this weekend has been honestly kind of crazy for the Premier League, and also the fact that we have games almost every single day this week is insane. April is April is um, very very busy. Not because there's European competitions for teams. There's still other like domestic cups, but yeah, we have legitimately a game almost every day. And I mean, if you're Chelsea, the, Chelsea, you know some some of these games don't matter anymore, and you're only focusing on Premier League or focusing on Champions League. I mean, they gotta focus on something because right now they're in the bottom half of the table. Yeah, they are. Come join us. I do not. I mean, honestly, right? Chelsea right now, I don't see them even getting any further in Champions League. Well, you know, we'll get to them in a second. Friends, let's go through the rundown real quick. We got City versus Liverpool. We got to talk about Chelsea again. We really tried not talking about them, I swear. We have to. But then some major news came out of them, and we had to bring them back up. We're going to talk about Leicester real quick, um, just because they also have similar news to Chelsea. And then this week, instead of an update on the bottom four of the Premier League, we're actually going to talk about spots five through seven, which honestly might stretch to four through eight. Yeah, I think in mine I have it to like 
literally the top three teams just because of or top three within that like five to seven and then i have like the six to nine <laughs> yeah it's been a fun premier league season um i love how close everything is at the end we don't always get that but let's start with our first thing let's talk about city versus liverpool because pep put on a show his team absolutely incredible liverpool they don't there's no live in there anymore City absolutely buried them. Legitimately. Um, it, and yeah, there's no living there anymore. They are legitimately just a, a pool of their own blood at this point. <laughs> they, but, they did not do well. <laughs> you know what? They started off well, right? They did. Salah scored 17th minute, rifled it past the goalie with his kissed by the gods left foot. And then City was like, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Hold my beer. Hold my pint. Watch this. They scored 10 minutes later. Never looked back. They did. I mean, honestly, when they when Liverpool scored like 17 minutes, I was like, okay, cool. Like they're they like are maybe probably are gonna be poised to have more momentum this game for one time in the whole season. Um but yeah, once City like came back and leveled it. It kind of, it, it, there wasn't ever, I feel like, a clear advantage until the second half. And the second half started, and it was just like, where did Liverpool go? They were non existent on the field. They were getting absolutely run down from back to front. And by one man in particular, a man I didn't ever think we'd probably say his name in this fashion, but Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish is an amazing player. I feel like we forget about that because it's. It, t- it took him a very long time to be to incorporate himself into Pep's tactics and Pep's strategies. How, you know, like, and Holland seems to just, like, immediately fit in. But the kind of player Holland is, is much easier to fit in into a new club as opposed to Grealish, who wants the ball at his feet almost at all times. He played incredible. I believe he was a man of the match. He was. Uh, I mean, he had, another- he had a goal. He had an assist. He, I mean, you said it for a second ago. He's had a hard time like fitting in and into like Pep's whole squad. I mean, it's hard when he was what at Aston Villa, moving up to mm-hmm. Man City. Like that's a pretty big jump as far as a player goes. But then he did it for like a hundred million dollars, and now that's he has to live up to that. Pr- yeah, he has to live up to that price tag. And he, I feel like that performance was finally worth his price tag. Oh, it yeah, may have taken it, you know, a while. It took a little but, while, but he got there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good game for City to win. Um, they they still have a game in hand against like Arsenal, but let's say they win it because, I mean, there's a high chance they do. That puts mm-hmm. them within five points. I, again, I've, I said it last week, I don't foresee City actually overtaking Arsenal unless something happens and Arsenal just implode, which I don't think they're going to. But that that win against Liverpool definitely helps if something does get stirred up within the top two. Yeah, and I don't think it's any really fault of City that, that they're not – I don't believe they're going to overtake Arsenal. Arsenal has just been so consistent all year. The difference between City and Arsenal, honestly, is what? A couple of draws is really it. And yeah, Arsenal like have a, an extra. Arsenal have put played an extra match. Yeah, I mean, they're if you look at like the Premier League table, wins twenty three, 
wins 20 goals, 70 and 71 goal differential, 43, 45. Like they are tight as they are tight as stats can be right now. But uh, Arsenal have kept a little bit more like consistency and obviously winning because they have three more than City do. Right. And even, even if you took away the extra game, we're just going to assume that's a game that they won. They still won twice, two more times, you know, um, makes makes a difference. It's an extra six points. And it's not like City have played bad at all this year. <laughs> no. The guy I didn't realize we were gonna, we were going to have to talk about was Alvarez. The dude behind Holland. Like, I mean, that's in, he scored a goal. It's, you know, he, did, he, he did six score. Premier League goals. I mean, I knew he scored a few times early on, but I didn't realize he had six. He has six. That's more than some other clubs have for like their top leaders. That's true. People that should be scoring a heck of a lot more than that. Aren't. I have has seven, and I'm always going to pick on the Chelsea team. I mean, it's easy to pick on the Chelsea team considering all the money they've spent and the players they have. So I think it's okay Alvarez has as many goals in the Premier League as Sun does. Yikes. That's embarrassing. That's Yeah, I mean, cause hasn't Sun won the golden boot in the past? That's kind of bad. It, this is atrocious. Um, I can't believe the backup to Holland is also a massive goal scorer. This team has so much depth. It is ridiculous. They do. I mean, it doesn't matter if Holland's on on the field or not. They have people who can score goals from any point. I mean, their midfielders can score. Their, I mean, Alvarez can score. I mean, yes, they are. They do miss a forty-two goal Erling Holland. Like forty-two goals, all comps this season is just wild. If he honestly, if he wasn't injured and was starting every game, I think that he. And I, he could probably do it next year. He could surpass the season that Messi scored like 96, which I think is like one of the highest in history. Don't quote me on that. Or does someone else have it? I, 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 I didn't do my research into that one. Um, but I think that Holland could break that record if that's, if that is the record, but I think that he could surpass it. I mean, he's got 46 goals right now. He could easily do it, I think. All cops. So that's what it was for Messi. It was 96 and all. Yeah, but I mean, Messi has like double that. I know, but it's also he's been injured. I think twice this season, not big injuries, but small enough to keep him out of like a couple of games here and there. But that if he could keep doing that all season long, I think it could be done. Because you got to think how many Premier League games there are left. Able to do that. Well, you have little faith. I do have a little faith. You got married in in a in a Catholic church. You have some more faith. Wow, bringing the church into this. The audacity of you. All right, well, let's go back to this because Liverpool needs to start praying for any shot at literally anything this season. They they gave up the same goal three times. I don't know if you realize that. Yes. City, I don't know how Pep found this as a massive weakness for Liverpool, but City would play the ball to the corner. It would force a defender to come out address the ball, attempt to stop the pass coming in, never actually stop the pass. Ball played into the box. City player was one-on-one with the defender, so the City player just had to be in a better position than the Liverpool defender. And then every time the ball went into the net. It was incredible. I loved watching it. It was like picking on the little kid. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, the same. They do the same thing every time, and it worked. Um, there wasn't much there. I don't think there was really anything bad that happened with City's performance, but like Liverpool just kind of they seem to do well for a second, and then they implode a little bit. Here's something that I thought is interesting. And I've kind of like looking at the table, looking at teams whose managers have been fired, managers have like left the team. There are managers above Liverpool in the standings that have been fired or left their teams. And yet Klopp is somehow still there, even though he's out of every competition. I think what what Klopp has done for that squad in his tenure there gives him at least another season. I mean, more than likely, unless they like completely run, like dive and lose like five or six games in a row. Yeah. And even then, then I think they let him finish the season. I mean, at that point, like, what are you going to do? Bring someone in to finish like the last four games? You might as well That's let what him finish the season. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this city just put on a masterclass against Liverpool. The Liverpool defense looks so out of place. The defenders don't know where to stand. The on the third goal, as City was drop taking the ball across the box, it looked like every Liverpool defender was just so afraid to commit a penalty. They didn't want to step up. There wasn't proper defending, and of the ball gets shot. Trent Alexander Arnold did. You know he stopped the shot, which is good for him. But then it bounced to one of two City defender City attackers immediately in that vicinity, and then for some reason Alexander Arnold didn't like step up. He just like stayed there. I don't know if you noticed that. It happened consistently on that play. The defenders for Liverpool they didn't step up to block shooting or passing lanes. They like kind of like stood back as if they were afraid they were about to get beat in the box. But like if you let the guy shoot in the box, <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, I mean, not a whole lot. But we all know that uh, Trent Alexander Arnold doesn't know how to defend, so of course he's not going to step up because he doesn't know which way to go. If someone like faints one well, way, apparently- he'll probably just fall backwards. Apparently, none of the Liverpool defenders know how to defend. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the goals against for Liverpool this season. They're at 33. Teams that have done better are obviously Arsenal, City, Newcastle. Newcastle's only given up 19 goals this year in the Premier League. Absolutely bonkers. Yes, they have one of like the... I mean, clearly the best defenses in this league right now. Yeah, I mean, the the towers that they have at center back. I mean, look how many draws they have. 11 people, like, they can score, but, and, but like, I wonder how many of those are 0-0 zero, zero, or maybe, like, 1-1. One, one. Like, they will not get scored on. I think City scored the most on the season at, like, three goals. Yeah. Considering they only have 41 goals scored, this is Newcastle. I'm assuming a lot of those were zero zero draws. Probably. Yeah, Liverpool. I don't know what you're gonna do. You have to let Klopp finish the season. Um, I, at this point, you just have to hope that the other teams mess up, and then you make your way back into Europa. Liverpool is currently sitting at eighth with they one are. game in hand. Uh, Brent, we'll talk about you know the rest of the squads later, but Brentford, Brighton, both above them. Brighton with those two games in hand might come in handy. But I like I see a way Liverpool can make it, but I don't see a way Liverpool can make it. You know what I mean? 
I mean, that's, I, I think later in, like, when we talk about, like, kind of the shakeup at the top, I definitely have, like, thoughts on how there's, like, a race for one spot, a race for another, and then a race for the entire bottom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next thing. The team that seems to somehow always make it into our docket week after week, Chelsea. The magic is over. Potter was fired. After just 31 matches in charge, you know me. I still don't understand why they fired Tuchel. Byron gladly took him. A long time later, though, so let's not act like it was an immediate pickup. The team is currently in the bottom half of the table. They're 11th. They're pretty safe from relegation, but they're 11th. Their only hope now is the Champions League. Otherwise, this will be an absolutely terrible, disgusting season that Chelsea fans will want to forget forever. Uh. Yeah, this is, I mean, at least in my memory, this is probably one of the worst seasons that Chelsea has had. I mean, let's just, uh, right from the start, they got, I mean, I definitely fell asleep watching that game because the beginning of it was so boring, but they definitely got spanked by Villa and like on a whole. Like they yeah. got kind of walked all over. Chelsea's offense was non-existent. They have people that can shoot. They have people that can score, but they don't know how to do either of those things. It's kind of crazy, but you're right. Potter is fired. Second manager in one season for this team. And yeah, I, I agree with you. Tuchel should not have gone. I think they jumped the gun on that one. Um, did, did you see the stat about the previous owner? The one thing he didn't do was fire more than one manager per season. I did not. And he went through managers like a fucking carousel. Just round and round they went. Yeah, I did. I did see that. Like there was there was something that listed managers for like the last like 15 years. That I did see. They have gone through quite a lot of managers in the last like little while. But yeah, firing two in a one season, that's a bit. That's a bit, uh, a bit much. Um, I'm just pulling up the list real quick I, of managers. I don't know if yeah. Bowley is the person who actually like has the say in if they get fired or not, but he's oh, being he a little, absolutely does being a little bit of a terrible owner with that decision. I think not even with necessarily the Potter thing, but with the Tuchel thing initially, because I I think that that could have come correct. He just the new owner came in and was like, it's as if he was under the assumption that money immediately means you win. As if it doesn't matter which players you're actually getting. But if you're spending a lot, you're going to be winning by a lot. And that's not how this sport works. Clubs do have to spend a lot of money to get great players. But if you're spending a fortune on average, above average players, it's not going to work for you, obviously. And honestly, I feel kind of bad for Potter. It's not like he was the one who made these decisions for all these players, especially the ones that came in last seat last summer. They're not his players, not his system. Now he did do terrible. Um, I think he won. Chelsea's won four of their last premier league games, which is unacceptable for that club. But, and like this club has been backing him the entire time. You might as well let him finish off the season at this point. Who are you going to get to replace him? And that's that's something that I was thinking about as well. Like, I mean, like I get the firing, and I don't at the same time. Like, 
he wasn't necessarily putting them back on a winning track. They were kind of like up and obviously they were very much up and down. Um, and what he did with lineups kind of like boggled the mind because he changed. I think he had the most lineup changes of any manager in the time that he was actually like running the team. But I sympathize for him be- because of two things. Number one, the club was already in a mess yeah. because of the like summer sale with the, uh, the previous owner. They were had, they had like a player and financial freeze because of that as well. And they did have like a few like bad games at the beginning of the season, which led to obviously rather the Tuchel's firing, but like Potter came in and I, I mean, I, I said this at the beginning, he was not ready to coach a big six club, but he came into a team that was already in disarray and they were expecting him to just like wave his magic wand and fix it. And this, I mean, let's talk about this roster. Everyone is overpaid on this roster. It's insane. And I don't just mean the signing fees that everyone did, you know, the transfer fees of paying that one time sum or whatever, or, you know, however they put in their contracts, the actual weekly wages of this team, are the craziest stats you will ever see for a team this bad and just <laughs> and, and just in general. And this roster, because I, I was trying to figure out who's going to coach this team next. Who are they going to look for? Who wants this? It's not, I don't know if it's a desirable job. You'd be the, If you do it this season, you'd be the third manager in a season. So, like, you might be safe through the rest of the season, but you never know. The roster itself isn't exactly great. Koulibaly is turning 32 in June. Thiago Silva is currently 38. He's going to be 39 at the beginning of next season. Reese James, always injured. Chilwell, always injured. They've, those two have missed 100 games combined. Jesus. And like looking forward, right? Like Let's look at next season. Because maybe you're like, oh, this is a wash. Let's, let's just kind of like focus on next season, what we can do. City and Arsenal are, are, are here to stay. We know that. Yeah, United's going to be competitive. Tottenham somehow always seem to find themselves fighting for a top four spot. Newcastle, <laughs> with their new money, looks like they're going to be competitive for a bit, unless this is just like a one-off miracle season. Like, is Chelsea a desirable place to go besides the name? But honestly, you're in the Premier League. You can get paid anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be... I think given the like the name and the history, it's definitely like a desirable place to, to coach your team or coach a team. But like that's the thing is what are they gonna do till the end of the season? They have ten games left in the Premier League, at least two games in the Champions League. Uh do they, are they gonna hire someone as caretaker for the next like four months, or are they going to legitimately find someone to take over now until the foreseeable future, unless they absolutely fuck up as well. It's not even and four months, right? We have like two months left of the season. I think I think there's like at least one game into June. I don't know if it's Premier League, but there's something that's in June. It might be European me, or like domestic. Let me pull that so up. Technically, the season isn't over until June, I think, but whatever. Two months, three months. We're almost there. And that's what I was thinking about is who, who would they go for? Do they immediately try to get Pochettino? Do they go Nigelsmann? Um, one of my friends who is a Chelsea fan was saying Luis Enrique, even possibly. 
But the, and I I brought up Zidane, which apparently he doesn't speak much English, so that might that's not, not going to work. Um, so I went to the EPO website real quick. The last date I can find is May twenty eighth. May twentieth. Okay, so there's something in June. It, it might be the fact that it's like Europa or Champions League or like the FA Cup or something. Yeah, I feel like Champions League is always Memorial Day weekend. Am I wrong? I uh, couldn't tell you. It, Champions League is June tenth this year. Okay, so I wasn't completely off base. I feel um, like the two usually aren't that far apart, though. No, not not the finals. The heck? Yeah, well, the what it was Chelsea do? It's going to be interesting to to see what they what happens in this the whole situation because what's how's it going to affect the team? Like, they're already kind of in they're in a huge disarray. Like they just fired another manager. Is it just kind of like okay, well. Let's just try and do this. Like, who who is going to take over? It's it, it has to draw a big coach. It has to because it's it a high to. profile team that has. If you were this coach, history. Though, would you want to take over in the season, or would you want to wait until the end? Because you're you're almost set up for failure to finish the season out. I mean, that's I, that, I guess that's part of what they have to consider is the fact that like you know that a top four spot is out of reach. That's not going to happen. You're probably not going to make it back into Europe this season. They're, they're almost in a rebuild, not even in a rebuild. They've like done this to themselves. Oh yeah. And it, they have, think, they have driven themselves into the ground and it's not anyone's fault, but I think ownership the, the, is right literally now. just the owner and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they they are currently unable to sign Mount to a long-term deal. Yeah. Like he just doesn't want to. I mean, I wouldn't want to if I was. I mean, he's a decent player. Yes, but it's if a you have giant red flag. Yeah, he is of homegrown. Course. He is homegrown. I mean, like I said, if they can pull a high-profile manager that that has like some pedigree and some credibility, I would be more willing as a player to probably stay. But if they keep doing shit and can't pull anyone, like I would probably, I mean, I'd look to leave as well. If you've got interest from like teams that are in the the top six that are doing well in all competitions, why not look elsewhere? Yeah, uh, who who are the managers you brought up again for possibilities? Um, no, Pochettino, Nagelsmann, Luis Enrique. You hear? I'm, I'm still going to bring up. I'm still going to bring up Zidane just because you hear about he's Napoli's there, coach is, coach. is a possibility. No. Yeah, I he's been linked. Interesting. He's had like that would one be good fascinating. season. Because we don't have a lot of Italian people coming over to the Premier League to coach. It's a lot of Germans and Englishmen. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know anything about the Napoli coach other than he's put together an absolute like god squad Phenomenal this season. year. Yeah, I think they've lost like two games in in their league and their poised to go to the Champions League final. You know what's ironic, though, about, about Chelsea's season and Tottenham's season this year? The most exciting part is the fact that they're now going to have to actually compete for coaches. <laughs> right. Legitimately compete for coaches because the best ones out there are just now immediately linked to both of the teams. Yeah. But- uh, I did see a report, I think it was last night before I went to bed, uh, Nagelsmann is the current front runner for the Chelsea job. Interesting. I mean, they could pay him more. Yeah, that's I do them, think it'd be sure. interesting. 
Um, the reason he was one of the reasons he was let go by Bayern was because he didn't develop the squad to progress any better than they were previously. So that'll be interesting because if that is true, then he might not be the man for Chelsea because you're going to need someone who can elevate a squad past their current status. I mean, I think that Bayern is just looking for any excuse that they could have gotten rid of him to fight to get Tuchel on board. Hey, man, Tuchel might be the greatest coach of all time. You see that beatdown of, of Dortmund? He is not the greatest coach of all time. I'm just saying he's making a case. He literally came into a team that is already extremely like good. It's not like he came in and like is like the messiah over these shit players. Dude, I'm I'm just saying we scored four times. You did, and I don't think that was because of Tuchel. I'm pretty sure that was legitimately because of one person on the field, and it was Dortmund's keeper. It was so bad. Whereas if you haven't seen it, just go watch the highlights. The first goal was entirely the keeper's fault, and those Dude, announcers ton of would them not stop ripping apart the goalie to the point where I was like, you guys need to calm down. He made one mistake. Goalies thousands of times come out to kick the ball or to kick the ball out instead of waiting in their own box. And every single time yeah. he came out, the announcers were like, what an idiot. And I'm like, he's doing his job. No, no, he just messed I, up on the first one. Otherwise, you wouldn't have thought twice about the rest of the game. No. And, I mean, we've seen, even in the Premier League, I've seen Allison do that. I've seen Ederson do that. That's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah. But two other high-profile keepers that have also done absolutely – oh, Nick Pope has done it. Yeah, everyone's almost – like, I think Neuer has done it. Probably. He's not He's not a man without flaws. Yeah, so. All right. Do we have anything else about Chelsea? I feel like we'll update – friends, we'll update you as we get updates from our inside sources, inside the grounds. But for now, we're just going to kind of keep watching the train wreck that is Chelsea and their terrible ownership. Oh, actually, I don't know if you saw, real quick. Apparently, part of the deal to buy Chelsea was you had to expand Stamford Bridge. You had to upgrade. Uh-oh. That was part of like, the sales like... deal from the previous owner. <laughs> As if the, the previous owner has the right to make any deals at that point. But I feel like but that's, I don't that's something that's a, kind of a clause. Yeah, I, I was reading about it, I think, on The Athletic, actually. And... There's like been issues with it because they have to buy the properties next door to ex- to expand it and make everything bigger. And yeah. apparently, the previous owner already had like what he wanted to buy and how he wanted to do it. And then, of course, like this new owner sucks at owning, <laughs> and so <laughs> things have kind of just like gone downhill. Apparently, Stamford Bridge is like it's super old. It's not as glamorous as these new stadiums for a team with the prestige that Chelsea has. I'm gonna go with that. They need a better stadium. They only fit like 40-something thousand. I think United still has the highest capacity stadium. I mean, most of these new stadiums and are, they in, want are to in the expand 60s. It. Yeah, most of these yeah. stadiums are in the 60s. And you can – I saw the amount you can get from game day revenues if you expand, and it's it's bonkers. It's crazy. I mean, don't doesn't the Camp New hold like 90-something thousand? Yeah. I mean, also, I feel like there's just more room in some of these other cities across the world than the English cities. Uh, yeah. I mean, I know that even like old Trafford, they're talking about expansion as well. Yeah. Which, Cause also more seats means more revenue. It is. I mean, old Trafford's old. I think it's a hundred years old or something. Just like the, 
the area, the stadium in general. Well, obviously, they've upgraded it as time has gone. Yeah, this is about 41,000 people can fit at Stanford Bridge. That's embarrassing. They need something better. Emirates I mean, that's small considering 60. United is like 72. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at some of these other Sorry, did you just say? Girl. Did you just say Emirates? <laughs> Emirates, if you will. Emirates, the Emirates Stadium and the Emirates, Emirates Stadium. <laughs> Emirates. All right. Mr. Leicester. Leicestershire. Worcestershire. We're going to have Tom come on here and give you a how to say words. If we could ever get Tom on lesson, here, he would never. All right, let's move on to uh, Worcestershire fired their manager. <laughs> Brendan Rodgers is no longer the manager at Leicester. This kind of came as a surprise, but kind of not. So he led his team to an FA Cup, two fifth-place finishes, and an eighth-place finish, which is very respectable, especially for a club like Leicester. They reached a Europa Conference League semifinals last season. They're currently in 19th. Or at least when I made yep. that note. Let me double check. Yeah, they, they're still in 19th. They, they have 25 yeah. points. They are not looking good. I'm not surprised. I'm, overall, I'm not surprised because they're trying to avoid that relegation. And clearly their current coach is not doing it. They have been giving up late goals all season. They can't hold a lead to save their lives. Uh, Their defense is about as thick as wet toilet paper. Anything comes through. Anything can poke a hole through it. It just falls apart. I mean, they do have like the second or third, like most goals scored on them. But it's like, oh, it's like an oh, how the mighty have fallen situation considering they won the Premier League like four or five years ago. It was longer than that. Was it? Yeah, let me look it up real quick. Yeah, Whatever. last time they won the Premier 15, League, fifteen sixteen. Okay, it was like it was like seven years ago. Whatever, so that was a long time. ago. I know COVID messed with timelines, but that was a long time ago. Still, it they, also wasn't him that won it. So, no, it was Rainieri. Um. But I mean, I, I get, I, I get this firing as well. It's again, kind of one of those things like managers not delivering. Brendan Rodgers is a is a he's a good manager, but like you also have a team that kind of is aging. Players just keep leaving. They're not really signing new players. I'm pretty sure they have financial fair play issues, which I don't understand oh, for do. a team of that size. Um, I can get into it in a bit. I did some digging. Um, yeah. Um. It's. I feel like this is just a weird season from everyone top to bottom. Coaches are just getting fired. Teams are not doing as well as they should. I mean, they are they're two points off the bottom. But like everyone from 12th to 20th, they're within three points of each other. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea's the only safe one. No, yeah. Eh, it's, let's see what happens because if Crystal Palace can pull a few wins out, or you never know. But also that would... In that Chelsea would just keep losing, which is possible. So I did look into the financial fair play stuff. It has to do with over a three-year period, you can only lose so much money. Um, mm. And it has to, and you can only spend so much money. And the way Premier League works is you can only spend so much money 
above what your revenue is for the year. But they do it over a three-year period because the Premier League is concerned about the growth of a team and so that you don't just overspend everything all in one year. So that's why they average it out over three years, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so they got in trouble because they're not making a lot of money and they were spending like right up to that line. And apparently they actually went over the line, but they changed a couple things for like the emergency COVID-19 measures to give teams more leeway because obviously you couldn't have ticket sales during that year, which greatly impacted how much money you can make. So if it wasn't for that, they actually would have broken financial fair play. So now they're staring at the financial fair play wall and they can't go through it. They can't go over this line and they can't. So they're having difficulties spending any money on anyone. Interesting. I mean, this is, I feel like this is a more interest, almost a more interesting firing than, than Chelsea firing Potter. Cause like, who's going to want to come manage Lester? I don't know, but did you hear the name of the uh, current guy who's going to take over? No. Adam Sadler, which is so close to Adam Sandler. <laughs> apparently, yeah, I mean, may- maybe it's him. Apparently, there's two guys who are going to take over Adam Sadler and the goalkeeper coach, Mike. I'm assuming it's Stowell or Stoll, S T O W E L L. I don't know. But apparently our boys, mm. Adam and Mikey, are going to be taking this over. We'll see how it goes. Interesting that a goalkeeper coach is going to help lead the charge. But I don't know if that's just like he's the main assistant coach, if that makes sense. And Adam yeah. Sadler will be the, the main coach, the, the main head coach. But yeah, no one, no one wants this job, especially not until the season ends. Because if you get I mean, relegated, that changes everything. I mean, I heard Potter's free. Actually, <laughs> per my sources. Potter already turned them down. Oh, shit. I mean, I'd probably want to have a fucking break, too. I'd want a break, and also, I'm not going to this squad. Yeah, I mean... What's the best case scenario? You barely avoid relegation, and you then you barely. have all these financial issues? Yeah, I mean, you might as well just look internally or look for someone small to like do this, because no one, no high-profile manager is going to come and do this. Like not, not not at all. Not when there's Chelsea and Tottenham available. No one's gonna want to go. Oh yeah, let's do Leicester. That that'll be fun. Yeah, you know, it'll be a fun little side project, a little little side hobby. I mean, they do. Let's if they wanted to get a Premier League manager, they do have a lot available. I think there were twelve managers that got fired this season. Is that, is that a starter record number? Yeah, it is. From the start of the season to now, there have been 12 managers fired total. And I'm pretty sure that's the most in a single season. That is so many. That is more than half the, the previous teams record was 10. Yeah, there we go. Which was people. It's actually happened three times. Twenty, The 13-14 season, 17-18 season, and the 21-22 season. Jeez. These, these owners have no patience. No, I mean there is no patience in in the the competitions. The best, I think, the most patient team I've seen in a long time is Arsenal. Yeah, and look where and they give, are now. Give them so much credit. 
yeah, they've made it work. They've done the things. Now they're going to probably win the Premier League. It's just, but for me, it's really funny because the teams that haven't sacked managers are near the top of the table. Because yeah. they, they, they had their guy. They did their homework. Very successful. Continuity, stability is important for these clubs. And you can't just fire a guy after one season. I mean, you I mean, can, obviously. But. You can. Obviously, yeah, it happens. <laughs> I, I Manchester United knows full well about firing people very quickly. I mean, look, no one's safe. And again, friends, we don't no like one. the fact that people are losing their jobs. Now, will they be fine for longer than the rest of us if they get fired? Absolutely. They're still getting but we, paid. But we don't <laughs> like the fact that, you know, these, these people have families. They have to move around from job to job. Like, it's still not great. And, like, I I think about, like, their, their kids who got to, like, move around all the time. And, like, it's not fun. So, we're not – we don't did, like when people get fired. Did you – but did you hear how much money it cost Chelsea to fire Potter? No. They had to pay Brighton, like, $20 million, And then they had to buy – the buyout for Potter was $60 mil. Six zero. <laughs> Six zero, sixty million to buy out his contract. So they didn't even let him stay on. They were just like, "All right, we want you out of our club completely." So we're going to buy you out. <laughs> so they spent eighty million on someone. I don't even remember how much it cost to actually get him. What was his? That has to be more than his actual salary. I mean, if I don't remember if his, what was his contract like four or five years spread like spread that out over time. I just remember seeing that and thinking, oh, my Lord. Like, I wouldn't want to work after that for a bit either. Where did you find that, by the way? The 60 mil? Uh, some some football Instagrams thing, like FTBL or 443 or something. Because apparently the rest of his deal was worth 50 mil. I mean, buyout clauses are always more for that reason. It's like buyout glasses for players. Okay. Well, it depends where you look, because apparently per the Guardian, the payout was going to be closer to 13 mil. No. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess it depends on who's the source and what they're looking at as a total, like, overall financial hoo-ha. Yeah. Friends, we will talk Either to way, our sources. a lot of money. <laughs> Friends, we'll talk to our sources, and then we'll let you yeah. know what our sources say. Ours are, ours are 100%. Always. 100% guaranteed. Can we, can we legally say that? Uh, I don't know. I think we can legally say whatever the hell we want. We'll go ask HR later. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. There wasn't really much about Lester <laughs> friends. We just wanted to update you all that they also fired their coach. Yep. I, I, I personally feel every manager firing is important. So I always want to make sure these get brought up. Now let's talk about. <laughs> oh, actually, hold on. Speaking of, speaking of a manager firing real quick. Um, we talked about this last week um, about Crystal Palace hiring Roy Hodgson, and he yeah, the got man his who was there win. before before Color he, TV. I think he bought the first Color TV. He probably did. He also got his first win as Crystal Palace's take, caretaker manager. Just want to put that out there. I told you, Crystal Palace was going to survive no matter what, no matter who the manager was. Dude, you don't know yet. We legitimately don't know who's going to survive from twelfth to twentieth. Hundred percent guarantee. No, we can't say that on the spot. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> did, did HR get back to you? Yeah. 
Just is HR using uh, is HR messaging us with Slack or Teams nowadays? I can't keep track. Uh, it's still AOL. Oh, uh, uh, someone's on the phone. I I, I can't get those messages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, let's talk AOL. About... Hit the little dial-up noise at the beginning too. All right, let's talk about these teams. All right, originally we were going to do six through seven. How high up actually do you want to start? When I, I'm just going to list these teams out. I mean, I think on mine I've got. So here's how I look at it. Um, it's we have a lot of like cool groupings in the table right now. Three to five, all fifty points, which are Newcastle, six, Tottenham, and United. Correct. Um, six to nine, six to nine, not to be confused with the good old sixty nine, which is why we did not say nice. Six to nine, it's it's literally within all within three points. And then, and then two, yeah, two, uh, two points really. But like three points can really shuffle that around if you're any of those like four teams. Um, I mean, you could probably throw you could probably throw ten in there if you want to get a little spicy. But then you've got twelve to twenty. But yeah, let's focus on. I'd say I love how Chelsea at eleven is the only one that isn't in a group anywhere. Nope, they're not because I don't. I don't think they're going to move much. They're probably going to stay right around there the entire rest of the season. All right. So which of these groups do you want to go through first? Um, let's go through that, like the six to nine group. All right. So going in order, we have Brighton, Brentford, Liverpool, Aston Villa. How Aston Villa is allowed to be in this conversation, I don't even know. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I forget about this club all the time. 100%. They're, they're just 100% in the middle of the table. They are. I mean, they, and they're in, they're in the middle of the table. They're also a win away from jumping up to sixth place, which, wow, from a team that I think pretty started off the season pretty terribly. Um, I think this matchup this weekend between Brighton and Brentford, which was an incredible match. By the way, friends, if you didn't get to Bless. see that, go Google Brighton versus Brentford highlights NBC recap. I love the NBC ones because they're about they're always yeah. a bit longer. Incredible match. Um, I was texting you and our friend Tom to turn this match on because I knew this was going to be the match of the week. The fact that they it was a draw really hurt both clubs. These yeah. these clubs needed to win. I mean a three three draw. Like they were, they just kept scoring, and it was it was fun to watch. It really was, and I mean, it. it yeah, they did. both of them need to win if they want to do. Like, I mean, what? I still can't even choose who's going to get like one through fifth place anymore because I thought Manchester United was going to easily well, I know coast into third. Let me let me, let me let me ease your qualms. One is Arsenal, two is City. <laughs> Still, um, I think Newcastle is safe in the top four. They have two. They games are safe in hand. purely on their defense. <laughs> and you know yeah, what? That's two. all that matters. A win yeah. is a win. I mean, if they if they just keep place, drawing games, there's no difference between getting third and fourth in the Premier League. You're still going to Champions no. League. True, but I think you do get like a third place medal or something. Oh, like they cares? still give you something. I mean, fourth place doesn't get a medal. Okay, 
Tottenham's the only one who would care about something like that, and you're not a Tottenham fan, so we're going to move on. Tottenham doesn't care about anything, clearly. Not, not, not for Conte. Nope. Con- I mean, Conte really, and also that Tottenham team really proved what Conte said. The fact yeah, that they were up one nothing and couldn't seal the deal against Everton against a ten man Everton. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, and then they came back and haha. I'm a fucking rocket. Off is fun, but anyways. So I, I'm going to say it: Arsenal, City, Newcastle, top three. Newcastle, if they bumped on the four, I'm still going to take that as a victory for what I said. Uh, Brighton and Brentford. I have more hopes for Brighton solely because they have three games in hand. Yeah, they do. That, every t- every week we talk about Brighton and their games in hand that are left. And it blows my mind every single time, as if we didn't just talk about it seven days ago. Right. But I think, because I, I just don't think with Brentford only having one game in hand, they can make up that difference with one of the teams who has 50 points currently, Newcastle, Tottenham, United. Unless one of those three teams just absolutely starts losing every single match. Watch, Which, watch the top four end up being like Arsenal, City, Newcastle, Brighton. <laughs> I would love that. That would be hilarious. But I mean, yeah, they have three games in hand. If they won all three of those games, that puts them at 52 points. That's over. Oh, that's let's just like factor. Let's just say like all of every team is even. If they won all three of their games and the other teams got fucked, they didn't. They would be in third place. And no, I don't think you could ever have drawn that on a map. So Brighton's got an interesting schedule. Bournemouth. Winnable. Tottenham. At Tottenham. Winnable. Winnable, but it's not going to be an easy match. Tottenham is... Tottenham's... I don't even think it matters if they show up. They showed up against... uh, What was it? Southampton? And blew a 3-1 lead. True. Uh, Chelsea? Easily winnable. Um, They technically played Man City, but that game got postponed, I believe, probably for the FA Cup semifinals. Probably. They're going to get beat. In the semifinals? Or Anything City? against Man City, they're going to get beat. Uh, yeah. I thought you were saying the semifinals because they play United. And they're going to get beat in the semifinals. <laughs> then they have Nottingham Forest, Wolves, United, Everton, Arsenal, Southampton, Aston Villa. They have a very reasonable end of season schedule. They do. It's definitely like not, it's not easy. It's, and it will... they get to play United, which is huge because if you know, if you win that, obviously that's three points you're taking away. Yeah, well, that's what I thought about the game against Newcastle, and nope. Well, you know what? You guys shit the bed. We did. Bad. Worse than the Liverpool game. But this Which is Newcast- still an anomaly. So, I think Newcastle is safe. Tottenham is in trouble. Yeah, they- we just never know. We never knew who's going to show up. We never know if they're going to win or blow a lead every single game. And it's not like they go through, like, streaks. You know what I mean? They're not, like, winning three games in a row and then losing three games in a row. It's every single week you don't know which team is going to be there. Yeah. I mean, the last games they've blown leads. Easily winnable games. So I think Tottenham is the highest risk to drop out of the top four. And I also think they're the highest risk to drop out of the top five. 
And I think it's more about what Brighton can do than anything else. Because if Brighton can take care of business, I think they get that fifth spot. Yeah. I mean, I think it's any of the teams with games in hand, it's it's all up to them. Like the, the top four is within their hands. So like United and Brighton and Newcastle, like it's the top four is like kind of their three to lose, I think. I don't know why. I just love the fact that Tottenham has zero games in hand. It just fits. Yeah, I mean, they got booted from all competitions pretty early. Well, Champions League, they made it kind of far, but still. Yeah. Arsenal has also has zero games in hand, which it'll be interesting to see how that extra game for City, like what happens with that. I mean, it'll just be a win, and it'll put them within five points. I think that's all that'll happen. True. Do you, do you think the current top five or the, or the final top five, or do you think there'll be some shuffling around? I mean, I think the current, because what, don't we technically have a sixth place that goes into the Europa Conference League because someone in the top five technically won FA Cup or whatever? Or is it just no one goes? Remember you did like research on that? I did, and it got very complicated because... There's there's also play-in games for the other mm. Europa for the other European competitions, and there's a whole thing about who gets sent or like does another country get to be in the play-in game instead. There's a whole thing. Well, either way, I, I'm pretty sure the top like let's let's just say for it six is probably where it would land at the end of the season. I think Brentford. I mean, Brentford and Liverpool are like close to with to being in like sixth place, but Liverpool. I think Brentford's just like officially kind of like, done. You think they're officially done? I think their chances are officially done because they did not win this past weekend. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Considering they're tied with Brighton on points, they are. But Brighton has three games in hand. Brentford well, has. We will see what happens. One game in hand. And I don't think Brentford can do enough to reach the fifth spot. Because that's the only thing I care about. Yeah. Probably like one through five is probably pretty set. I think Brighton can probably make a push for fifth. But it's going to obviously it's going to come at the expense of either Newcastle, Tottenham or Manchester United. So I guess we'll have to see. We have 10 games left in the season. 13 for some people <laughs> or yeah. But yeah, the games in hand, I think that, that those games in hand are going to be huge help for people, even, even Liverpool, but I, I, I don't see them getting top five. You know, I think Liverpool is really going to benefit from this season. They'll benefit from it next season when the only thing they have to do is worry about premier league. Bruce. Literally then, you know, them, Klopp can just focus Chelsea. on his once a week match. <laughs> yeah, he can focus on doing the same thing over and over, week in and week out again. And then, and then you know what? It's somehow going to work next year, and everyone's going to call him a genius. And then he has to, he might end up in European competition again and not be able to focus on things. <laughs> I don't know. This, maybe this maybe that's Klopp. This season yeah, has been weird. Liverpool, the fact that like their strategy just isn't working anymore makes no sense. Yeah, it's been weird. It's just been a weird top to bottom season ever. Like. Here, imagine if Newcastle didn't get all that money, they would not be in the top at all. It would not be nearly as interesting of a race, mm-hmm. no. But 
I think with that, we're done. I don't think we have much left to talk about. No, we do not. I mean, we could, but we don't need to. (laughs) No, no one wants to be around for that. Friends, thanks for making it this far. We appreciate you all. Uh, If you watch on the YouTube channel, thank you for watching us. Uh, I'm sure you just use this as background noise. Or if you have one of those computers where as long as YouTube keeps playing, it looks like you're logged into work. I understand that. I get that. I don't care if you used us for that. Uh, Please, you know, listen to us on Spotify, on your drives as well. And yeah, uh, have fun watching all of the matches this week. We have no idea which day of the week this episode will actually be uploaded. Yeah, if, if you made it this far, you might as well just keep listening. There's like 30 seconds left. Bye, friends. Bye.